0: Welcome to Fumbling Hobbyist, where we explore adventures and misadventures in spare time. I'm Sarah Gallagher, your host, and with me today, my sister Dawn Brinks has graciously agreed to join us to talk a little bit about her soul hobbies. A soul hobby is a term that I coined, and it is just a word for a hobby that a person does that they feel is part of their soul or part of their identity. If, like, if they would cease doing that hobby, they would somehow stop being themselves. Last week and the week before, we were talking about this, and I found it so interesting because it, that is not a concept that I really understand firsthand. I don't feel like I have soul hobbies, but... As we talked about last week, Megan definitely does. So I wanted Dawn to join us this week um, to see what she thought about this concept of soul hobbies and see if she had anything to add to this conversation.
1: What do you think, Dawn? So I definitely agree with Megan about there being some hobbies that you just can't live without. It's part of who you are. Not that you can't live without them, but it's just part of who you are. And Um, like for me, that's music. I, you know, was very involved in instrumental music in middle school and high school. I was a music major in college and then was changed to elementary ed and was very involved in music in college. And I probably took about a five-year break from playing any instruments, um, when I first started teaching. And when I came back to it was when I realized that this is not, I, I mean, it almost disrespects it to call it a hobby. This is part of who I am. It's not, it's, it's. It's never the problem. It's always the cure. Um, you know, and I feel like so Megan was talking about how she doesn't understand, like maybe she thinks everybody who does horses feels that way. And I don't, I mean, I kind of feel the same about music, but I don't feel that way about horses. So I think that, you know, there definitely is a variety of ho- hobbies out in the world that people would feel that way about.
0: That's super interesting. What do you think it is about music that? makes that so much a part
1: of who you are? I I mean, honestly, the honest answer is I don't know. And I don't think that anybody who does music could say anything else honestly. But I will say that... I feel like, you know, you spend hours and hours and hours. It's not fun all the time. It's not it's not pleasant all the time. It's not pleasurable all the time. You spend hours and hours practicing. You, you know, get your butt to rehearsals on time when you wish you could stay home and watch TV. And, you know, you practice until things hurt when you play an instrument. You know, you have to build up calluses and whatnot. Um, but then there's these moments where, it just feels good. It's that state of flow where you do lose track of where you are and you're not, you know, you're not in pain. If you were in physical pain for any reason, you're not. Um, if you were worried about the time, you lose track of time. Um, and I, in they're momentary or maybe a whole, you know, song or a concert or just a, like, favorite two notes in a song or something even. Um, and then you'll work as hard as you need to on the rest of it that's painful to feel that again. It's like a drug high almost. You know, you need, you need to get back to that again. That's an interesting way to think about it. A drug high.
0: I like that concept. I'm curious <laughs> if anyone else would compare their soul hobby to a drug high. That's so neat. One thing that I think is super interesting about music, and you know what? This is true for horseback riding too, now that I'm thinking about it, is that... A lot of times, music is thought of as a group activity. You are frequently with other people in your orchestra or in your ensemble or in your band in order to participate in that activity. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is a part of what makes it a soul hobby or does that inhibit
1: it or does that not make any difference at all? Um, I imagine it depends on the person and the hobby because I agree more of those bliss moments, flow moments come in a group than when practicing by myself or even when performing by myself, though sometimes, um, But then at the same time, I think about people who hike and backpack by themselves and feel that same way or people who meditate and feel that same way. Um, So I think it depends on the person and the hobby, but I think that that state, that feeling, might be related to the group if the hobby is is dependent upon a group. But -hmm. maybe not. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you think that... Music has always been this for you or has there ever been a moment that you can think of that you felt like, oh, now this is definitely a part of my identity, like a changing Mm. moment?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think it's always been this way. And the reason that I think that is like some of my very earliest memories, not, not, you know the earliest memory or anything, but some of my earliest memories are plunking around on the piano, figuring out Mary had a little lamb or, you know, doe a deer, (laughs) you know. Um, And I I don't know that as a little kid, I was capable of feeling that bliss feeling or recognizing it that I would name now. But at the same time, then also, you know, to listen to some of dad's eight tracks or to watch, you know, the, our dad has a Moody Blues concert where the Moody Blues played with the De- Colorado Denver Symphony, Symphony a, a Symphony yeah. Orchestra in Colorado. And, I mean, I didn't even, I, I didn't even, you know, it was one of those things that, like, I didn't even know that I could think, oh, this is what I want to be when I grow up. And it turns out that that's not what I was what I grew up anyway um but you know I definitely felt those feelings in odd moments now looking back that I wouldn't have recognized as a kid but now I look back and see that this was always a part of me I didn't come from anybody or anywhere it's just part of me
0: mm-hmm. that's interesting
1: what has been your favorite musical experience so far oh that's a very hard question um My senior year in high school, we did Fiddler on the Roof as our musical, and I was in the orchestra. That was great. Um, Some of, I play in the orchestra at my church. We have about a 30-piece orchestra and a 70-member choir, um, so about 100 people on stage, and we do some special events for Easter, Christmas, and the 4th of July, and I think especially Easter, some of the Easter performances that we have done have been some of my favorite um, performances. Um, it feels really good to accomplish something really hard. So like when I was in high school and I made the Allstate band, um, that was a very, that was a lot of work for one weekend of playing. And so like there was, that's a, that's a different feeling of happiness and joy than the state of bliss. I mean, certainly that was part of it too, but, um, so just the accomplishment of that. Um, I think my favorite ever, oddly, was when I played orchestra bells, which is like a xylophone, um, with a band of all women for a women's conference at my church. And it was so funny because I played orchestra bells. I, like, plunked out a few things, and yet it was really fun because I got to wear the in-ear monitors that I've never, as a, as an instrumentalist in a symphonic group, we don't do in-ear monitors. That's just not a thing we need to hear us in the real, we need to hear ourselves in the real room. Um, so that was, it just pushed my limits of what I understood about music. They didn't read music from a staff, they read guitar tabs, which if you're a musician, there's a lot less detail in guitar tabs. If you read from just a staff, you can follow along and play the notes on the page and whatever. Um, so it just pushed me outside of my comfort zone, even though it wasn't particularly technically challenging. Um, it definitely pushed my experiences of playing music outside of what I was used to. That's really
0: neat. Did you feel like you were in a real band? (laughs)
1: I mean, kind of, but everybody, I mean, it was for a a conference at church, so everybody in the band was very down-to-earth, and, like, it was, uh, having those in-ear monitors was definitely an experience that I never thought I would get to have, and you see, when you go to a concert, or you see a concert on TV, or you see a performance on the, you know, whatever, the Academy Awards, the live performances, like, you know, you see people that you pay to hear their music have in-ear monitors, so that was definitely Just an experience that I wasn't wishing for, but it was just something I never thought I'd get to see what that was like. That is so cool. Mm -hmm.
0: We're going to continue this conversation next week. I see that we're about to our 10 minutes and (laughs) I want to keep it about to 10 minutes. Public service announcement here on Fumbling Hobbyist. Within the next few weeks, we are going to be archiving some of our earliest podcasts in order to conserve space on SoundCloud. So if you are interested in listening to the beginning, the pilot episode, and some of those early episodes of Fumbling Hobbyist, I would recommend doing that pretty soon. Um, they will disappear shortly. Um, if you have anything to add to this conversation about soul hobbies, please send us an email at fumblinghobbyist@gmail.com gmail.com or like and follow our Facebook page and... Um, We can work some of those comments in, hopefully, in a future episode. So until next time, enjoy your fumbling hobbyist, and we look forward to hearing about your adventures and misadventures.